of medical marijuana and can and CBD and all that. So I'm glad I got you here before you left the left the country. Absolutely, yes, sir. Thank you for having me. No Appreciate problem, it. no problem, man. So um, before we, as, as we normally get started, I want you to just introduce yourself to my audience. I'll state your name and tell us what you do. I'm Corey Lowe from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised, and I'm a cannabis advocate. That's what, that in a nutshell. That, that's that's I guess that's the easiest way to say. It, but actually, you do a lot of things. Like it spans across a spans across a lot. And that actually brings up to my next question. You literally have a unique work background. Like when I was going through your bio, I'm like, she's done everything other than you know run for run for run for office. And I'm gonna ask you that later too. <laughs> <laughs> Speak to yeah. us about some of your past work lives. And current, someone asked me if I was a uh, Jamaican. Really? I, I think I was offended. <laughs> I was like offended. I said, "Why?" He's like, "Cause you have made multiple jobs." <laughs> yeah, <we offended. laughs> I, was like, I think I think that's because like I still do Uber. I do this. I do whatever as long as it pays. I'll do it. They gave you the they, they gave you the craziest <laughs> in living color in living color um, um, stereotype too. You work two jobs, yeah, man. Yeah, I'm offended. Yeah, but um, you do work a lot of jobs, man. Speak to us about your I work do. lives. Um, past jobs yeah. would be. The most, what I'm most known for is law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> so come, come around Office a little bit. <laughs> Correct. And yeah. um, way back before I got into law enforcement on 9-11, September 11th, the day that we all remember, yeah. um, my daughter was born. And um, going forward, I figured I had to provide an insurance and take care of her. So I was born and raised in DeKalb in Lithonia. So I went to DeKalb County Police Department and went through their training and became a DeKalb police officer. And then went to city of Clarkston and stayed there for a minute. And another mom, a seizure mom, uh, reached out to me back in 2013 and was like, hey, Corey, what do you think about cannabis? And I was like, yeah, it's good stuff. <laughs> She's like, no, what do you think about for seizures? And I was like, uh, we're in Georgia and I'm in law enforcement. So that's a big red hot negative. It's not happening. Yeah. And um, pretty much resigned and said, you know what? My daughter wins, family first. So I pretty much went to my captain and said, here's my notice. And he said, I didn't think you would do it. And I was, wow, wow. So you, so you, I, I didn't know you, were, you did work for the force. So you did work for the force for some time. Um, mm -hmm. At any time during your, during your time with the force, um, did you have a moment with somebody, say whether it be an arrest or having to um, actually stop somebody for cannabis, where you actually thought to yourself that maybe you should make a change, even prior to having the conversation about, about, about seizures? Certainly. Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, and I actually didn't even push the issue, honestly, mm -hmm. to be honest with you. And there were other officers that I would see that would make up charges oh. in order to pull over someone because yeah. they assumed because it would be, a, you know, we called them hoopties. Back <laughs> <laughs> in the day, hoopties. Um, but they would see a car like that and just automatically assume and say, oh, they didn't use their blinker. And I'm sitting there like, are you serious? Oh, are you serious? Did yeah. they really just, did that just happen? And so I went against that. So every day when I would put on my uniform, I'd say, you know what, I'm going to go out here and change someone's opinion of police officers. Every single day, that was my, I would, if I encountered one person and changed. So in fact, I would get in trouble because I would always give people rides. <laughs> they would call me on the radio like, Corey, it doesn't say taxi. It says DeKalb Police or it says City of Clarkson. It doesn't say taxi. I'm like, well, I'm preventing. I'm trying to give people, if I'd see somebody on the side of the road, they're like, y'all need a ride? And they're like, mm -mm, I don't trust you. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm here to help. That's what I want to do. So it always stems from that background, wanting to help. That's crazy because, you know, speaking of the hoofties, I used to drive an 87 Fleetwood Brome, Cadillac, Midnight Blue, and I would get stopped every single time I drove that car. And I knew after a while I had to get rid of it because I knew that I was being targeted. Like I would get stopped every single time I would drive that car. Like before I leave the parking lot, before I leave my house, whoop, whoop, what you right. do? Yeah, and it's like, it's almost like it's not even a, it's, 
What, matter of fact, my lawyer told me that. He said, yeah, you was driving a drug. <laughs> he said, you was driving a drug car. Like, what do you expect? And I'm like, I don't know what a, what a drug car is. Right, know? right. They, they don't, yeah. They don't tell you that when you, no. when you buy a car. No, that's crazy, though. But so, so, it's, it's so, but the, um, you found your way into cannabis primarily because of your children. Correct. Yes. Um, if you don't mind, speak up to us about, you know, your children and, and the seizures that they face and what made you, and what made you lean towards um, cannabis and CBD versus any other type of, any type of medicine. Sure. Um, so really, I, I have to say, honestly, and my only regret with cannabis, and I'm totally stealing this from another person I heard it from, but my only regret with cannabis is not doing it sooner. Mm-hmm. Because when the doctor first came to me, he said, okay, here's your three options. You can do Topamax, which will dummy your daughter up and she'll be like a zombie and she'll be developmentally delayed. Or you can do a drug that's um, not FDA approved. It causes peripheral vision loss. You have to go to Canada to get it. Or you can do another drug. It's a um, shot in her thighs, a steroid, and it might make her heart explode. So those are my options with my daughter that was born 9-11-01 and then December 26th, day after Christmas, I was at Stonecrest Mall shopping and she goes into a full-blown seizure and they're coming and they're like, are you sure, you know, you're pretty young. Have you ever seen anyone have a seizure? And I'm like, no, there's, there's something wrong. They're like, no, 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 you're young. And they said, we'll charge you $600 and take her to the hospital to have medical or you take her yourself. I said, I got her. Don't, and just never look back. And so when I first met with a neurologist, he said, your daughter's brain activity is grossly abnormal. Mike, speak English. Talk to me. Yeah. You know, he's like, she has infantile spasms. Okay, again, speak English. She has seizures. Okay, then I was right. I knew what I saw at the mall yeah. was a seizure. Even though I was 21 years old and never seen anyone ever have a seizure before in my life, I knew what a seizure was because her eyes were rolled back. I just knew. That's scary, I bet. For sure, yeah. yeah. First child, never seen anybody. And then in the mall, just shopping day after Christmas. And then this is, you know. Anyway, so uh, January 2nd, 2002. The neurologist gave me these options, and I've tried all of those options. She's had two, no, I'm sorry, three surgeries in her chest. It's called a vagal nerve simulator, and you swipe a magnet over it, and it's supposed to stop the seizure. I've taken her to Detroit, to Detroit Children's Medical, to see the best neurologist. I've gone to California. I've gotten her a service dog that alerts the seizures. Like, I've done everything, everything. And they said, she won't walk, she won't talk, and you need to plan for her funeral that she'll pass away at adolescence. That's what you need to go home and do because the day your daughter dies, you're not going to be able to plan it. You need to go ahead and have her funeral planned now when you're in the right frame of mind because when it happens, you're not going to be able to handle it. So that's what they told me. I hurt for you right now, you know, like, and it's crazy how you have to deal with stuff like that. Cause I remember when my father passed away, he had um, lung cancer and I remember the nurse telling me, yeah, we got two weeks, you know, just, you know, kind of get your mind around that. And I was 17, you know, and the, Right. Yeah, so it's kind of it's it's not kind of crazy. It's insane to be have have news delivered to you in that way. So, but after going through the procedures, what made you turn to um, alternative medicines such as CBD and cannabis? It took um, a mom actually out in California. Her husband was a uh, chip California Highway Patrol officer. Oh, like the show? <laughs> for sure, yeah. She's like she sent me a picture and everything. I'm like, hey, that's awesome. Good for you. That's you know that's great. And she kept reaching out and saying she was very adamant, very persistent. And she kept saying, you need to try this for your daughter. You need to try this along with that other mom, Cheryl. Both of them nagging, not literally, but in the back of my mind. Also with the doctors and the doctor saying no, 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 no. Yeah. But these other moms saying yes, yes, yes. And the lady being out in California. It's like Destiny's Child. <laughs> and then, and then, yeah, I'm like, well, which one do I go with? I got the good angel and the bad angel and. I, you know, I don't really know what to do, but I do know my daughter can't talk, she can't walk, she's in diapers, and she needs me to be her voice and make the best decision. So we've tried all these options, and she's still having seizures. She's having 100 seizures a day. So 
get together with these other parents who think that they want this as an option, that they want to try it for their children and plan to meet up, invite Lori Geary from Channel 2 over and say, hey, let's have a little powwow, record us, and we want our kids to have access to this, to this medicine. And that's kind of how it all began with lobbying and then basically me going up to the representative saying, hey, I want to take my daughter to Colorado where this is uh, legal, but I don't have a car. You work for a dealership. Can I borrow your car? So things like that, because my daughter doesn't have a voice. Yeah. I'm her voice. So I feel like if she had a voice, she'd say, hey, can I borrow your car? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming. I don't know. Maybe she would. Maybe she would. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I'm going to speak for her and say, hey, I need to get her access to medicine. We have zero access in Georgia. They have access in Colorado. Can we borrow your car? And so we reached out to um, Butch Miller, represent, or I'm sorry, State Senator Butch Miller, and borrowed his wife's van, reached out to Representative Alan Peake, and said, hey, um, you have money, we don't. And he, we got together with other parents that came up with the Journey of Hope Fund, raised like $50,000, and then paid for not only our family, but other families to go to Colorado or whatever state they chose. Yeah. And we stayed there for four months in Colorado, and she spoke for the first time. Amen. Well, that's 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 a uh, whoa. That's an amazing story to hear. So, how many how many seizures has she cut down to? My well, like one a day. One a day from a hundred. Wow, that's 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 a, that's a lot. You know, but the real tragedy the tragedy of the story is that you had to leave Georgia in order to get that medicine, and you had to go through so many hoops and ladders. You know, um, mm-hmm. speak to us about having to make even that kind of a journey. You know, what, what what were the dangers behind some of those things? I mean, aside from getting arrested. Um, honestly, the hardest part was because I have two boys and was in a sense, telling them that your sister is more important. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm going to miss your birthday. I'm going to miss your first day of school. I'm going to miss your baseball games. I'm going to miss all this. But her life is, I I didn't verbally say that, but it felt like I was saying that because I got in the car and loaded up and drove 24 hours one way to get her medicine and and stayed there. And it took the teacher, a lady I never even met. I don't even, I still don't even know her from Adam, but she sent me an email and she's like, hey, I'm the new teacher uh, your son's in my class, and I've, I've never seen your son smile, and I, I noticed him in the hallway last year, and he was always happy. So can you tell me the difference? And I was, it dawned on me that I'm not home. Oh, yeah. That's what's wrong. So I'm sacrificing one to save the other, and my kids are going to school and coming home, and their mom's not there. You know what I mean? So I just said... I got to do what I got to do. And so much of that has to do with, with with the red tape that's going on in the government right now. Even in even as we sit here in, in Georgia, HB 324 has passed. And, you know, again, that wasn't the best bill, but we still should be seeing some kind of traction and something, some kind of um, actionables happen. And we're not seeing any of it, you know. Um, what was your opinion about HB 324? And do you feel like it's doing enough to try to help patients and help um, and help caregivers? Mm, that's a, I try to bpc as much as possible mm-hmm. but um i'm just gonna say it's something in a box <laughs> to put it nicely um with a pretty bow on it you can even call it a tiffany box if you want to to some people yeah. it's it's a golden ticket willy wonka but in the reality in the world that we live in it's an empty box yeah yeah and i hate to say that but that's the real you know that's the that's the real yeah, we were just speaking about that not too long ago about how it, it felt to me like, you know, it was one of those situations where something, they, everybody felt something needed to be done, but you, there wasn't a consensus on what to do. So you kind of gave us this, you know, so now you have this, but you're still in a situation where patients can't even get anything. So what, what right. actually happened? Absolutely nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, we're still sitting here with an empty box yeah. with a pretty bow on it. 
And um, there's a district attorney uh, that came out of Gwinnett County that said he wants to decrim, and I think he's a genius, and I would love, 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 love to connect with him and see how we could push his agenda forward because we wouldn't even need that pretty box. We could knock it off the table and put it in the trash where... It belongs, you think? <laughs> I'll say it since you got me pieces. Yeah, you. where it belongs, possibly. <laughs> but, you know, again, um, there's, there's still ways that we can get... We can, but I guess possibly still make, not possibly, definitely make changes. You know, we're living in a referendum state, so we really have to know who's being voted in. And we do have new elections coming up, and we do have people we can get in and get out. Right. Um, how adamant are you, though, that we're going to see that change in, as far as politically in this state? I, I, every opportunity that I have to use the platform, I push openstates.org yeah. as a website, as a resource for people to utilize as a tool. So no matter where they live, if they live in upper Georgia, lower Georgia, east, west, Wherever they live, use open or states.org to find your state representative, to find your senator, and send them an email. Obviously, the people that are supportive, micrographically, those people are nice to reach out to, but I feel like contacting your state senators. A lot of people say, oh, I can't go to the Capitol. I got hip problems. I got back problems. I got to watch my grandkids. You don't have to leave the house. You can send an email from your phone. If they have the city hall, um, I pushed um, coffee with a cop. I know a lot of people don't like that, but if I feel like those opportunities, and if they have a, a politician having you know coffee with a politician, use those times in your town because they're using those opportunities to reach the community, reach the community. Use that time to say, hey, I'm a citizen, I'm a constituent, I'm a voter, I live here, my voice matters, I feel like this is medicine. This is medicine. I need access. You know what I'm saying? So you have a voice. So I feel like in my heart and in my gut until there's more people doing that, because honestly, we're just kind of like preaching to the choir and we're all talking to each other and we're all for it and talking to the Allen Peaks and the Micah Gravelys who are for it. Mm. I feel like people are spinning their wheels when they could utilize their state representatives and their senators. Yeah. Yeah, does that make sense? No, it do, it, make, it, it makes total sense. You know, when I when I hear stories like you, I, like yours, I do feel so even more concerned about what needs to happen in Georgia and whether or not it actually can happen. You know, and we and, and clearly this the, it, the access for medicine is definitely needed. You know, we we're, we're, it, we already understand that we have a place where people are going to consume recreational, whether we have a law or not. But we're talking about people who actually need help. You know, what I mean, and to know that we're still trying to decide who's going to be on a council or who's going to decide who's going to be this, and I'm like, well, these people are still out here actually needing this, you know, right. thing that you allegedly passed twice. You know, that you allegedly passed twice and you still can't get any access to. Because there are parents, for whatever reason, who sit on the fence, and Lord bless their hearts, um, they won't access this medicine until a law passes. And I'm saying your loved one is suffering in the meantime, and you're waiting. You're waiting on these people who may or may not vote for this, or they may not push the issue. And you're you're literally, your person's suffering when all you got to do is access this medicine somehow, some way, find a way. Yeah, and find a way, you know, and regulate it, too. You know, that's another thing I feel like. The, the, everything that's happening so far, as far as, again, with the, all the fingers, with the, with the twiddling of the thumbs, is you're leaving so much out there still for the black market. And I'm still not anti-black market. I feel like black market needs to be, there needs to be a black market regardless of regulation. But you're still, you know, again, with unregulated cartridges and unregulated oil out there, you just don't want to have people turn to just anything. You know, and I just, again, feel like it's foolish that they're taking so long with all this. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're heading to London, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. You ready? Not at all. What are you, what are you heading out there for? <laughs> um, I'm going to speak about being an advocate, pretty much, and okay. coming from that angle and what's worked for us here in Georgia as far as collaborating with other parents and like-minded 
individuals, and they want me to distinct, and I, I really kind of on the fence about that, but it's been a touchy issue in Georgia between the recreational and medical. Yeah. I don't think really. I mean, they, for one, I hate that they even call it the recreation and medical. For one, it's all medical, number one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's, it's all medical. Yeah. You, so you just do some do it recreationally. You know what I mean? But I think that even throwing them into categories like that is another hindrance of, of what's going on. It diverts. It yeah. diverts. And that's a, another thing that I want to stress over there that I feel like I think there's some, some old saying about keeping the asylum crazy. And I feel like yeah. as long as these groups are there's all this fighting and inner turmoil between the groups, then the lawmakers are going to keep doing what they want to do because there's all this fighting among each other because no one's focusing. So if you're in London or Japan or Australia, no matter where you're at, you know, focus on putting your energy for good. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so you're going to be over there in London for how many days? Um, two days is the days of the conference. And so I'm just kind of, playing it by ear at this point that's what's up man. well you you are you are definitely a very vital spirit out here man so um thank you what do you what do you feel like what is your um how optimistic are you about seeing a, pro- a program in georgia that could actually be something worthwhile to patients coming down the pipeline soon soon mm-hmm. oh goodness i hope and pray that my grandchildren oh well. <laughs> <laughs> um i feel like as long as we have the governors you know what i'm saying this this we're that old mentality in the Bible belt and yeah. that just, it's sad. And I feel like until we get that out of here, it's going to be slow change. It goes right back to the vote. You know, I was, I, I'm not a fan of um, Brian Kemp. I've had to say that to my good friend of mine, Dr. Hodge, plenty of times. I'm not a fan of Brian Kemp. Like, I don't think Brian Kemp is a help in any way, shape or form, Clearly. but I need him to be, <laughs> I need him to be to some, in some way, in some way right now, especially I when it comes to the, especially when it so comes to this commission. Like, I'm like, are we really still sitting here? You know, we're as, as far deep we are in the year right now. You're still, <laughs> I hate to be, I told you so. Cause yeah. it sounds so negative, but I feel like, I told you so. Yeah. A lot of people, I mean, you felt, cause again, we goes back to the fact that we can't we as people can't just go vote for this and you really have to wait this out and right. like you say politicians can play a game of musical chairs all day all day and and and, and run around a circle of, of, of well i don't want to do it 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 and they can right. keep doing that over and over and over again that is the issue you know and we really i know how to change that really statewide but that is an issue we got to liberate ourselves from that nonsense one of my favorite stories to tell people, and I think it's so beneficial, and I, I thank God that I was in the room the day it happened, but um, sickle cell, um, the bill was on the side of the Senate, and there was a little group of ladies from the Sickle Cell Foundation. There was like four little older African-American ladies, and, and if you will picture, they had a board, and they had like all these conditions. They had autism and PTSD, and sickle cell was one of them. And, and the lawmakers, Senator Renee Unterman, crossed out PTSD and said, oh, cannabis doesn't help that, took out autism, Wiped it off. Oh, cannabis doesn't help autism. And got to sickle cell. Those ladies went to church. <laughs> they threatened GSP to remove them because those ladies were like, oh, hell no. You're not taking sickle cell out. And that's yeah. what it took those four ladies to stand up and speak for them to add sickle cell back in the bill. And if they hadn't spoken up, then how many hundreds of thousands of people with sickle cell would have been left out? Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so they yeah. took those ladies to be at the Capitol on that day when that bill was at the committee and, and people have to be there and be present to be a voice, physically, <laughs> clearly. You ever thought about running for office? Oh, I had too many skeletons in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think right now that might that might not be a hindrance. To be honest with you, that might actually help Look you. Look at Washington. <laughs> yeah, that might actually help you at this point. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I thought about that when I was reading your bio and just listening to you a little it. bit. Yeah, have you ever actually thought about running for office? 
Um, I have not. Um, I just know, I mean, even just being in the, in this realm of cannabis that you have a target on your back, even from people within the industry and, and and not even people from out, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so it's just scary, but I appreciate it. (laughs) You have my vote. Okay. (laughs) Um, when it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for the most? Oh, wow. For caring, for actually caring. That's my whole biggest purpose in this that I actually, when they had this beautiful box with empty box i said um a message representative gravely said has there been any thought put to taking funds out and allocating it for people who can't even afford a card because there's some people that want a card and feel like they need a card and they can't even afford that so out of this money that people are paying fifty thousand dollars and hundred thousand dollars for their application fee that's non-refundable are you all going to take any money out and apply it for people that can't afford the card or afford the medicine once it's passed Crickets, crickets, crickets. <laughs> so I want to be remembered for actually caring. Yeah. Well, I, you're definitely going to be remembered for that. I want to wish you a great trip to London, and I know you're going to knock that out. Thank you for coming by, Corey. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. No Thank problem. You. And that's Cash Color Canvas, a high level of conversation. Thanks All for right, having me. Take-